How's it going, man? Uh, it's going pretty good. I just got back from camping over at that uh, Belder County State Fishing Lake last night. It was, it was nice. I had it all to myself, and um, it was a little windy when I got there. But uh, like I said on the on the podcast yesterday, I had it. You know, it, uh, having it all to myself was just nice. And last night it was it was cool. I got this really great audio recording of a bunch of coyotes that were going off. And they were really close to the truck, so I got like a really clear audio and. The howls they were doing were super high pitched and and all over the place because you know how the coyotes will like howl, but then they'll also do like that yapping, like their own special little language. I got that on audio for like forty five seconds, so I'm pretty stoked to to download that and uh, a little bit. Yeah, yeah, cool. that sounds awesome. How, how did the uh, how did, how did your Tommy Boy bees uh, your walk <laughs> I I gotta I'm definitely curious to. Did you come out unscathed, or what happened? Did you win, or did they win? No, I won, but it's like I had one. They were huge. They were, like, literally, like, an inch and a half, two inches long. Just those massive ones that you know that if they stung you, they they wouldn't stop. And there were probably about half a dozen of them that just swarmed my my truck, and one of them got in the cab when I was talking. That's why I was like, dude, I got to go, like, right now. And Sierra's in the back, like, yapping at it, like, trying to snap it out of the air, you know? And uh, I was like, man, if that thing hits her, she's going to be in a world of hurt. And there was one in the topper because I had the I had the the uh, slide out extension all set up, and then the, the door was open. And I went in there, and I was kind of working on my computer and stuff. And all of a sudden, I heard this buzzing. I'm like, fuck, are they back? And I look up, and it was like right above my head, like kind of eye level with me. <laughs> and I was like, no! And I and I felt like Tommy Boy, you know, <laughs> that's like that audio thing you sent me, like, like you know. Your weapons are useless against them. Save yourself. You know. <laughs> so I know. I, I, I yeah. Cool. I had to go and, and look up that YouTube the the little section on it. And that's such a hilarious scene. And that oh, totally. Yeah. That's that's, <laughs> I, what, I that's what I was imagining was going down. <laughs> that's such a classic yeah. movie. <laughs> you know, on the way back, I got to well, say we, one thing. Well, one thing that 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 uh, I don't know. I don't know if this happens to you often, but. Seems like every once in a while, I'll like you know I'll be out and about and doing my thing and like when you truck camp like this, I always appreciate a uh, gas station that's really clean and like has like good squeegees for the window and all that stuff. And the one thing that annoys me about about uh, any sort of unclean gas station is when the pump handles have gasoline on them and you don't realize it and you get back in your vehicle and your whole vehicle smells like like on the interior smells like gas and you smell like gas. You can't get rid of that smell. That happened to me and I was like, motherfucker, I'm just pissed about it. So. I don't know. I always seek out, like, I always appreciate when I go to a gas station and it's, like, super clean. That's funny. Yeah, I, I absolutely. I'm I'm totally picky as far as gas stations that I go to. I, I mm-hmm. evaluate on the outside whether they, I think that they've got, like, clean bathrooms. And like you said, like, I want, I want nice, clean, squeegee water, you know, and, yep. and I want the thing to be able to scrub bugs off my windshield. Yeah. And I'm, like, invest in those. Totally like, picks like, me up. Yeah, like the, like the ones where you where where if you're like you know you're, you're scrubbing them and everything and then you flip it over to squeegee it off and it's like the hardest rubber on the planet that doesn't squeegee anything. I'm like, really? I mean, do you think you could spend a dollar extra and get the upgraded ones for your customers? <laughs> I know it sounds nitpicky, but I I don't know. That makes a break oh, for me I'm, when it comes to gas I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm totally on board with you. And the other thing that that I I look for and actually this this relates to our. Uh, our technology discussion a couple days ago. Um, so I'm a big thing about, I want 
I want free air. Like, I want to be able to load my yeah. tires, you know, because when, when you're going up and down in elevation and whatnot, you got to adjust your tires. And so, yep. you know, you got to either let out air or put air into your tires. And there is, um, I don't, I don't know if there's an app, but there is a website. I think it's just like freeair.net and you plug in your, your, um, your zip code mm-hmm. and I, I'm absolutely more loyal to any gas station that provides free air versus those that don't. I, I mean, it's, it's BS that you gotta pay a hundred or not a hundred fifty bucks, but like a buck fifty, you yeah. know, to pressurize your tires. Like, yeah. go fuck yourself. Yeah, and anyway. I've found I've found so like when I go out and I was doing the trail work in the in the you know forest and I'd come back in, into town, I found that the ones that you pay for like I would I would take my tires from like a constant thirty two psi down to about twenty, and maybe eighteen mm-hmm. if the if the if the trails were really bumpy I'd go down to eighteen just because like you know your your tires especially the all terrain tires they are they have like a three ply wall and like an eight ply tire. On, on, on the, on the tires themselves. So like, they can, they can really flex and you can bring the, the PSI way down. And that way when you're driving, your tires are absorbing all the bumps and not your suspension so it's not as rocky of a ride. So I come back in town and I would pay for, like, there was one place I go to, I go to Love's, at, you know, north of Buena Vista and I'd have to pay yep. before that other, before that other station in town started off from free, I'd have to pay for it and I would never get all the way full on one on one charge, so I have to pay again, and I'm like, I'm like, really, I, I'm all I need is like four more psi for the last tire here, and I have to pay another dollar fifty. I know it's like splitting hairs, but still, it's just annoying. So yeah, I just got online here. It's freeairpump.com. So I'm gonna there I'm you gonna, go. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna bookmark that. That's a great resource to have, and it's it, you know little things like that. It's interesting how I never really noticed that before I got on the road, but now that I'm on the road, it's like that's a big deal. I I, I like you said, I'll I'll get my uh, business to those those awesome places that are more considerate to travelers than people that are trying to nickel and dime yet. I, it's like airlines, you know. Like if an airline says like, "Hey, you can check your bag for free," I'm like, "Right on." I don't have to pay for that shit, <laughs> you know. So, Absolutely. Yeah. So anyway. Yeah. Well, well, pretty, well. Hey, before pretty, before we get into actually what we wanted to talk, I I just wanted to remind the audience that we are lining up a a good discussion. With, uh, with someone that's in the CBD industry. Right. Um, so yeah. I just wanted to remind everybody to, to ping us whatever way that you want with questions and resources. Um, I actually got pinged yesterday, um, yeah. by, by someone that saw my post and I have a, I have a conversation lined up tomorrow with another marketer. Um, and it's, it, uh, anyway, I, I'm, I'm really excited to have the conversation and I know that the people listening, if if you can front load us with questions and resources, it's going to make that conversation so much better. So please, um, yeah, please help us out because I, I think it's going to be a really really interesting conversation. You know, you know what I'll do is I'll reach out to my network as well, and I'll and I'll put it out on on my YouTube channel because I've, I seem to have a really good um, interaction with everybody on that. And I'll ask them. I'll just do it real real quick. Like, hey, do you have any questions about this? And you know, here's here's the topic that we're going to cover. And if you have any questions or testimonials, because I think that'd be important too, of people that they can maybe talk about any injuries that they've had and how it's helped them out. So I'll, I'll put that up on my network as well. And for anybody listening, if you want to email me directly uh, with any questions or testimonials or anything like that, it's Brian uh, with an I B R I B R I A N at Colorado Backcountry Adventures dot com. So 
Nice. I'm excited, yeah, I'm excited for that, dude. I think people are going to really yeah. be... Well, you know, and, like, for people that don't live in a state that has either medical-approved or recreational and medical-approved, you know... They're kind of in the dark a little bit. I mean, they hear about it. You know, I'm here in Kansas, and a lot of people are like, hey, CBD. Like, my mom has talked about it because she, she has a knee that's bone-on-bone bone now. And there's a there's a uh, place that opened up on one of the main drags through town here, and they sell just strictly CBD stuff. It doesn't have any trace amounts of THC or anything. It's just CBD. And some of her friends have, have gone there and been like, man, that's great. That's way better than any Tylenol or anything, and there's zero side effects. And they're like, you just feel normal. You know, you don't you don't feel like you got a hitch in your step or or anything bug, bugging you like you used to. And some of them also saying too, like, yeah, my sleep is better. And so it's it's interesting how when that comes to market in an area and people try it, it's like the perception immediately changes. Like, you know, weed has been demonized so for so many years, for so many decades as like this demon drug that's going to make you go crazy. And it's like out of all the substances I've tried, which I've tried a few in my life. Uh, that's <laughs> definitely that's definitely the most agreeable with me with the least amount of side effects. I mean, even more so than alcohol. I mean, you know, you drink too much on alcohol, you wake up the next day and you feel horrible. If you if you smoke too much marijuana or or, or even just take too much CBD, that, that you're not going to overdose from it. You know, is what I'm trying to say. So, like, you never hear of Snoop Dogg or Willie Nelson getting rushed to the hospital for overdosing on weed. Could have happen. <laughs> You know, you know what I mean. Nice. Yeah, <laughs> so, that's really funny. Yeah, so uh, it's like it's, it's yeah, cool. yeah. It's cool to see that I, change, that perception change. I like that. Yeah, and I, I the 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 specific um, the specific applications of CBD, and like you were just saying, um, I understand that you're that there's no psychotropic activity. It, it's mm-hmm. it's not going to make you high. And for, for me personally, I, you know, I, I, I don't have a problem with people that smoke weed. I don't have a problem with people, whatever you, you know, live and let live. I, mm-hmm. I'm beyond where I smoke weed anymore. I don't want that. Um, I don't want that psychotropic activity. Mm-hmm. Um, and the same thing with booze. Like I'm, I'm beyond that. Um, but I'm, I'm really genuinely curious. More and more people are talking to me about like, Hey, have you tried CBD? And, I'm like, yeah, I'm I'm a little bit weary because I I just I don't want to go there anymore with um with using that stuff. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh no 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 no, like you're you're not going to get high off of it. It's it's really oriented much more toward helping sleep and reducing mm-hmm. anxiety and reducing inflammation. And you're not you're not going to get high off of it. So I'm yeah I'm really curious about it, and that's that's why I'm psyched to to hear about this. Um, I'm psyched for the for the conversation. So anyway, yeah, yeah. audience, please hit us up with um, with your questions and your experience and any resources that you've got. Um, and that way, we'll have a a really really good show um, mm-hmm. when we line up that interview. Definitely, and I think I think what's going to be so important is that you know you hear about the opioid epidemic in this country, and you know pain pills are just prescribed like candy and it's it's unfortunate because people do get hooked on them pretty quick and then they have a whole new problem on their hand other than just chronic pain so if they can have a substance like cbd available which is legal now in all 50 states i believe and uh, you know have that with no thc in it so you don't get any of those psychotropic effects then I, that's a win for society i agree yeah well at least it looks that way I mean, that's, yeah. that's the way it looks yeah um no so, doubt cool so Today, what we're going to do, uh, just for the folks listening, I think going forward, we're going to we're going to kind of front load, 
each podcast what the topics that we're going to discuss, and that way people know what's coming up. Because uh, I want to make sure that if anybody's listening, if, if there's a topic that we're going to cover um, in the podcast, that we say it from the get-go so they know what to expect, and uh, then they can listen to the content that they're, they're looking for. And um, so with that being said, I, we're going to dive into your truck and how you set it up. And your setup is different from mine in the, in the respect that you have a little bit more flexibility in where you can uh, truck camp. You can pretty much truck camp anywhere because you, you can stealth camp in yours. And I can't do that in mine because mine, with the flat-out extension in the back, when I deploy that, you can tell that I'm in it. But yours is phenomenal for a couple different reasons. You have a couple of features in yours that I don't. And uh, I was wondering if you wanted to kind of uh, touch on real quick the different things we're going to discuss, and then we could dive into each topic. Yeah, sounds that that, that sounds great. Um, yeah, so I um, so I have a Tacoma, 2010 Tacoma. Um, it's got the access cab, so the bed is I think it's about six feet long. And my my approach and what I want to talk about today was to build out the back in a way that I'd be comfortable sleeping back there, but I also do a lot of, I wouldn't say a lot, but I do enough stealth camping, and when I say stealth camping, um, I I mean in urban or suburban areas, um, I can sleep in there without being noticed. Um, and, but I also do a lot of like rest stop. Like if I'm, I'm going from one, you know, one major region to another, um, I, I like being able to stop at a rest stop and, and not have to deal with finding a campsite. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't, I don't want to give anybody in the rest stop a signal that something funky might be going on in there. So I, I want to always be incognito. So that's, um, that's something that I wanted to talk today about was the, um, how I built it out and how I remain at a lower profile. Um, but I also wanted to, to touch on the fact that I, I have installed a deep cycle battery into my engine compartment. Um, and then I wired an inverter into the truck bed. Um, so that's another area that, um, I, I, I wanted to, to discuss and give a little bit more details about, but, um, yeah, it's a 2010 Tacoma, and um, good stuff. Yeah, that's huge. You want to talk about the battery first? Because I think that that's a lot of people that are are interested in, in living like this. They they you know they ask, well, like how do you, how do you charge things? They ask me this. You know, these are questions I feel. How do you charge stuff? This, that, one thing, and the other. You know, how, how do you make it work? And I've not yet gone the deep cycle battery route. I was going to when I was doing my truck stuff last time I was home, but then I end up having all those repairs, and that totally got me off track from the build, from completing the build that I had intended to do. And so your power is awesome because we've been truck camping sometimes. We'll be like, hey, dude, can I, can I like, charge some stuff while we're here? Because I, I have that inverter in the back of my truck, but I have to have it running in order for my truck to work because it came with the Tacoma, so it's, it's tied to the electrical system in my truck. And if I run that inverter without my vehicle going, I can I can drain my battery, which I've done before, and then I'll stay, and then I have to, like, call somebody to jump me at camp, and that's really inconvenient. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, your your setup's great because, well, why don't you talk about it and, and, how, and what you did and, and the flexibility that it gives you? Yeah, I, um, it, it's it's absolutely, outside of my build, like, actually how I, I, I built out the back of my truck, this, this is, like, the best thing I've got going in my vehicle is having access to power. 
Um, and I want to give a shout out um, to uh, Guest to Dirtbag. And uh, Ryan, I, I butcher his last name. Is it Showers or Show, Show, Showers? But um, I actually don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I know. We, we got to get him on this podcast and talk to him. But anyway, I want to give a shout out to him because he 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 did a post a while ago that that opened my eyes to the advantages of having having power um, in in your truck. And so, um, just to lay so so what I did was um and, and we can go into the details you can ask me questions but so what the the basic the basic thing that I did was to I identified a location in my engine compartment that I could install and fix a deep cycle battery into the engine compartment and then what I needed was um some kind of isolator um which isolates the starting battery from the deep cycle battery. And so effectively what it does is it, it, if I am drawing power off of my deep cycle battery, um, the isolator makes sure that I never am drawing power off of my starting battery. So my starting battery will always be ready to go and it'll turn over the engine no problem. And the other thing the isolator does is it makes sure that my starting battery gets charged to its proper voltage before the deep cycle battery? Oh, I didn't. I didn't realize the isolator did that as well. I, I thought it was just yeah cool that it does that to make sure that like your primary is always good to go for starting your engine. So exactly. And, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, and there's and there's different there's there's different isolators that you can get, and I I went ahead and I paid a little bit more for this feature on my isolator, which actually allows me to jumpstart my starting battery with my deep cycle battery. All I have to do is push a button, mm-hmm. and it's as though I have jumper cables going from my deep cycle battery to my starting battery. That's awesome. That was a, yeah, and it, it's called, um, I believe that the brand I have of the isolator is called like Dr. Battery or something like that, and we'll, we'll put it in the show notes. Okay, cool. Um, what the isolator is. But, um, so essentially, yeah, you, and you, so I had, I, I identified a location in my engine compartment that I could install the battery. I wired it all up, um, where I've got, so wires going from my starting battery to the isolator and then from the isolator to the deep cycle battery and then I have wires running from the deep cycle battery um, to my truck bed, mm-hmm. and in that location, that's where I attach it to an inverter, um, and I got a pure sine wave inverter, um, and it's a 600-watt inverter, mm-hmm. um, and one other thing to note on the, the wiring of it, I so it's, it's important to install fuses um, from the point so you want to have a fuse between the isolator Mm -hmm. um and your starting battery or your your isolator and your deep cycle battery and then a fuse between your deep cycle battery and the inverter and so you're protecting everything in case you get a surge um and then one of the little piece of technical and you can i'll let you um hit me with questions but you you want to make sure that you've got a, an alternator 
that is not going to get burnt out from the extra charging. So with the, with the alternator that I've got in my Tacoma, and because it's got the TRD off-road package with the tow package, mm-hmm. it's got a beefier alternator. And so I, I checked that out to make sure that because if you've got a smaller alternator and then you start charging it, you're, you're using it to charge both your starting battery and the deep cycle battery, you could burn it out. Um, but anyway, that's something that, that people that's want to check. Yeah, um, I didn't know that. Yeah, before they, before they get into that. Yeah, it's, it's again, me and my, me and my neurotic, like, you know, ways of just, you know, I, I, I tend to research the shit out of everything. Um, so that's, uh, that's one thing that, that the audience wants to check out. Okay, so if I understand you correctly with the alternator, if you have a tow package, then it's, it's like a beefier alternator. Because I have a tow package on my truck, and some, some trucks have them, some trucks don't. But if they do have a tow package, generally speaking, that's like a better alternator. True. It's a more powerful yeah. alternator. It, it delivers more amps. Okay. Um, so that's, yeah, something to keep in mind. Um, yeah, so that's the that's the basic setup. And, and I, I you know, it, it's... I, I'm, I gotta admit, it was a really intimidating project for me. And, um, I, uh, you know, I was definitely afraid of just fucking shit up. I'm like, I'm gonna fucking blow up my engine, I'm gonna blow up my alternator, I'm gonna blow up the starting gun, I'm gonna blow everything up. Um, and I, I did get a help from, I got the, I got help from the, the same dude, you know, that I'm the, the off the ranch, um, off the grid ranch dude. Um, he gave oh. the same help that, um, in in kind of walking me through some of this, but again, I I ordered all the parts, I got it all ready to go, and I was like, okay, this is what I want to do. And then he was gave me the feedback. He's like, yeah, that's that's a good approach, and and, and you'll be fine doing that. Um, and I, I the probably the most tricky part was actually identifying the location in the engine compartment to house the extra battery because. Um, I mean, batteries are big, right? They're big, they're yeah. heavy, and yeah. um, and the Tacomas generally don't have a whole lot of extra space underneath the hood. Yeah, it, it, it's interesting because you know, so you you and I both have second generation Tacomas, right? Mm-hmm. And it, it's interesting because I have I have space in my engine compartment that you don't have. Um, oh. So. I, I mean, if we, we could maybe, maybe at some point we could do a side by side picture, but so I actually had space where I could install this extra battery that you don't have it. Um, huh. now, you know, some MacGyver engine dude is going to be able to like rework yours really, really easily to create the space. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't need to do any of that. I just needed to install a tray and I was good to go. Um, so oh, wow. I don't know at what year um, the uh, the engine layout changed within the second gen Tacomas, but mm-hmm. right above my passenger side wheel, um, there's actually enough empty space and enough uh, places where I could screw shit in that I was able to put the battery in there. Um, now. Someone like you or others out there, um, th- there are companies that have 
evaluated this kind of work and they've designed special trays yeah that and 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 they've figured out ways so either either you swap out your starting battery for a different AGM battery which can serve which could get a uh it could be uh, uh the the charge can be removed from it more safely than a starting battery so either you do that you just swap out your starting battery and you put it in a different kind of battery and you'll be able to uh, to discharge it more safely or these the, the people out there have figured out how they can um they they've designed another tray that you swap out the tray where your existing starting battery is mm-hmm. and then that New tray enables two batteries. Yeah, I've seen I've seen that one. Yeah, or on top of each other. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I think one of the guys that do it, um, one of the the companies that do it is called Genesis. Um, and um, so anyway, and there, and there's other companies out there that do it. I if you do a Google search for a dual battery kit, um, and then yeah, your truck make and model. Um, those those kinds of options will, will pop up for you. Yeah, I've, I've actually seen that because I've done the search and I I looked at the dual tray, you know, swapping out the single tray that I have now for a dual tray. And in my instance for the 2005, it, it looks like if I wanted to do that dual tray, I'd have to replace both batteries with some smaller AGM, like smaller in size, but they're actually more robust batteries. They're kind of expensive, but but I think it's you know it's obviously yeah. worth the investment. Um, one thing I wanted to point out that when we're talking about this is I've seen some people online say, hey, you know, I've got a, I got my secondary battery and I put it in my truck topper. And I think that's really dangerous for people to do because it emits noxious, noxious fumes. So for anybody out there that's looking to do a secondary battery, don't put it in your, in your living quarters. You know, make sure that it's underneath your truck hood or somewhere else to where it's not going to be either in the cab of your truck or in your topper because you don't want to have those noxious fumes come in there and possibly make you sick. Absolutely, and there, I, I, that's a great point, um, and that's 100% true with the standard deep cycle lead-acid batteries. Okay. Um, I, I think that there are some batteries that ha- are, are newer in their technology, which might not emit those, okay. but I, I think that the, you know, if, if at all in doubt, like, just assume that it's going to emit noxious uh, fumes and you mm-hmm. don't want to have it in either your um, your truck cab or in your uh, your topper area. Um, yeah. Really, 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 really good point. Um, so um, what I, I, do you have any specific questions? I, I was going to talk about some of the wiring and, and the um, um, some of the other things. Uh, yeah, I've, I've actually got other questions is, Okay. Yeah, I've got two questions. Number one, I just wanted to give people a ballpark figure as to what the investment was that you did for yours so they can kind of understand what costs are going into it. Like, relatively speaking, everybody's setup might be a little bit different, so costs may vary. But what was the investment that you made into your uh, dual battery setup? Yeah, I and, and that was absolutely a goal that I had was to keep my costs down low when I did uh-huh. it. Um, and, and that's why I fabricated my own tray and spot as opposed to going through another company. Um, and I, 
and I built my own wires. So I, I got a shitload of wire and then I got the connectors to be able to cut the wire to my own length and then put the connectors on. So I, I say all these things because the cost, I, I paid about $400 for mm, everything. Okay. Okay. Um, so that includes wiring, the isolator, the battery, um, the deep cycle battery and the inverter. Um, and that's, that's a damn good price. Um, yeah. Cause your, the, the battery, your, the battery you're looking at at around a hundred bucks for that. Um, the isolator, depending on which way you go, you're looking to look for, you, you could probably get one for 30. Um, mine was around 60 or $70. Mm-hmm. And then the wiring, this, this is an area that if I were to do it all over again, it might cost me a little bit more. So I used four gauge wire. Okay. Um, and I, I use a mar- marine grade wire and, and the marine grade wire is easier to bend. Um, it's, it's made of, um, I think they call it pin. Um, they, uh, shit, I forget the term, but they, it's a copper wire, but they, they infuse tin into it, okay. which allows it to be more flexible. Um, and it also, the marine grade wire is a lot more robust as far as corrosion and what have you. I mean, if you think about, you know, a, a boat and shit like yeah. that, you know, it's getting doused with salt water and all sorts of crazy um, corrosion elements. And, and so that was important to me. Um, but I, I would actually, if I were to redo it, I would continue with the marine grade quality, but I would probably use something on the order of at least two gauge or zero gauge. Okay. And so it's, it's a little bit counterintuitive, but the lower the gauge, the thicker the wire. Um, so the energy transfer is better. Is that, is that, is that the idea? Exactly. Yeah. So okay. it's got, it's got less friction. Um, the energy's got less friction. But I, you know, what, with what I've got going on right now, um, the, and, and you're looking at, for the marine grade wire, and I, I, I have this written up and we can put it in the show notes, but I want to say I paid probably 250 a foot for the marine grade wire four gauge. Okay. Um, and I probably used, I want to say, conservatively, conservatively, I probably used 30 feet. Um, if you did things a little bit differently, you might be able to use less, um, less footage than I did. Um, but all said and done. And then, and then you're also paying for the amp, uh, for the uh, fuses. Okay. And then the fuse, what um, what holds the fuse, um, the fuse holders. So, I, I I think I did a really really good job paying only four hundred bucks on my own for everything. When I went to a, um, I went to one of those like car toy uh, companies um, mm-hmm. where you know they they typically do a lot of like audio installs and what have you. So they they said without the without the inverter. And without the battery, they said just wiring it and the isolator and installing the tray 
would cost seven hundred dollars. Okay, dude, check this out. I had a I had a company here in Wichita, and I won't I won't name names, but uh, I was like, hey, you know, here's what here's what I'll, here's what I've got, you know, here's what I'm looking for, and I've already got the inverter. I just need to get the battery and the wiring set up. You know what they you know what they quoted me? He's like, yeah, we can do that. Right. I was like, okay. I was like, I'll come down and we can discuss it. He quoted me twenty four hundred dollars. He's like, this is what this is base price. I go, dude, you're out of your mind. I go, that's ridiculous. Wow. I, said, I said, what do you think? What are you what are you, you going to put gold gold plated wiring in there? I said, this is a joke. You just wasted an hour out of my day. You know, and I was like, I go, you should you should have told me that over the phone. I said, I'm not an idiot when it comes to this, but I was kind of pissed because the guy was a dick about it anyway. He's like. He's like, I'll, I'll, I can, I can do this. I'll give you a good price at twenty four hundred. I go, you must think I'm, I was born yesterday. I was like, no. So there are people out there. You know, we we're talking about that in our last podcast. How people will take you for a ride with your suspension. That people will also take you for a ride with your wiring as well. So shop around and kind of know, know the price before you go in there. And if somebody's going to say come in for the quote, just say no. Email it to me and don't waste your time if they're going to screw you over or attempt to. That's ridiculous. I mean, I think. I think if someone, you know, if, if you've got a professional who's going to do it, and I, I I think if they, all things included, like, so including the battery, including the inverter, I think if, if you're apprehensive about doing it yourself, I think a fair quote might be somewhere between 700 and a 1000 bucks, just mm-hmm. because... You know, these guys are professionals. They, they, they deserve the money that they earn. And if they're going yeah. to put their name behind it, and they probably have insurance behind it and all that, like, I, I think it's fair. They, like, like, go ahead and, and charge, you know, double or a little bit more than double than what I could do it on my own. Like, there's a certain level of reliability and warranty yeah. and what have you. Like, I, like, 700 to 1,000, like, okay, maybe, but what, 2,000 plus? That's fucking ridiculous. Yeah, and, and I told him too. And he's, like, he's like, he's like, he's like, what are you looking to do? I'm like, oh, I'm just going to run and run a little inverter to power up my computer and run a, run a few lights. He's like, twenty four hundred. I was like, you're out of your mind. I was like, that that would yeah. make sense if I had an RV and I was and I was pushing like a television and a and a maybe a you know some sort of heater or um, refrigerator and electronics and I had to power like an actual RV. But I was like, this is the back of my topper. Like, no, like, <laughs> come on, it was ridiculous. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, um, my other question is: is the difference in inverters? Like, you know, you, you've got the normal mm-hmm. inverter, and then you've got the pure sim wave inverter. And I, and I, and I thought that I that I, when I purchased my inverter, I was like, oh, I got this great sim wave for cheap, and ends up it's not a sim wave, so or a sine wave, whatever you pronounce it. So, if you could explain that to let people know the difference and in the power variations as to what they're getting, and and why it's why it's good to invest, I feel like in the sin wave inverter, I think that'd be great to cover. Yeah, um, this this is something I had to research myself too. So, um, so what what we're when I say a pure sine wave inverter, I, I'm actually talking about like algebra. And if if you remember back to like sine, cosine, and tangent, mm-hmm. so a a sine wave is is um, is a wave. It's, it's a wave that goes up and down. And that's important because it, what we're talking about is we're talking about alternating current. Um, and so I, I hope I can explain this in a, in a, you can, you can pick my brain more if I'm getting too into the weeds on this, but so you've got an X axis and you have a Y axis. And so a sine wave, it goes up 
to a certain level on the y-axis, and then it goes down to the same level in the opposite direction on the x-axis, on the y-axis. And it's smooth. And so that's alternating current. It goes, it goes up and then, and then it alternates to go down, up and down, up and down. And so it's delivering the energy in a pure sine wave form. And that's, so direct current is just delivering, um, electricity in a, it's in a, uh, it, it, it's, it doesn't alternate going up and down, up and down. It just pushes it in one direction. And um, so you need the most of our gizmos want alternating current. And so okay. when we talk about the pure pure sine waves, you're getting it in that in that smooth wave form. The the cheaper inverters out there, they 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 cheat because what they do is rather than doing a sine wave, what they do is they do a step function. And so it, it goes immediately up, and it goes over, and then it goes immediately down. Oh. Um, and and the those kind of inverters are fine for things like charging computers or charging other batteries mm-hmm. and using um, stuff without a motor. But motors are delicate, and mm. and so you. If, if you use a cheap inverter on something that has a motor, um, like a refrigerator or a, um, I'm trying to think about something smaller. Like I actually, I powered a, um, a laser light machine with my inverter and a laser light machine has a delicate motor on the inside. Yeah. I had a, like an impromptu like party. I was, I was gonna say, what are you doing, like raising the forest? Uh, yeah, dude, <laughs> you, you've seen you've seen my tent, you know, and and what happened oh, yeah, yeah. was we we dropped a a, uh, a sheet on the far side of my tent, and then we had music playing, and then had the laser pointing on the sheet, and like you know, it was doing all this funky shit. Um. So <laughs> anyway, <That's> awesome, man. <laughs> any anything anything that has a motor is gonna it's it's. It's not a guarantee that we break using a cheaper inverter, but it's gonna it's gonna wear down the motor faster um, compared to the pure sine wave that's gonna deliver that energy, that electricity in a more uh, appropriate manner. And I guarantee there's someone in the audience right now that is like. That dude doesn't fucking know what he's fucking talking about, and he can get a lot more, or he or she can get a lot more technical. Like, I'm not pretending right now to be, like, fucking Joe Electricity right now, and I'm sure people can do a better job explaining it than I can. But really, when you get down to the nuts and bolts of it, if you have something that has a motor and you're powering it with your uh, inverter, you want a pure sign inverter. But if you're just going to go straight up, like I'm charging my computer, I'm charging my phone, I'm charging little LED lights that I'm, you know, putting around my campsite, uh, chances are you're going to be fine with a cheaper inverter. Okay. Okay. So hopefully and that, that, and that, that's, that's a, yeah, it's good to differentiate too, because like 
what we do with truck camping, typically people aren't running. They, they may they may have stuff with with motors in it, but I would say generally speaking, especially for people that aren't full timing, I don't know if there'd be motors in there now. If they have a refrigerator or something like that, then, then yeah, if they're if they're running like to the ARB stuff or whatever it may be. But like for somebody who has basic needs, that's that's good to differentiate the two so they know which one to go with. And if they are budget conscious, then they can go with the one that isn't the Pearson fine way. But if they are uh, uh, needing one that runs anything with a motor, it's just I think it makes sense just to invest in it. Kind of like we were talking about with the suspension stuff. It's like just invest in something good, and then you don't have to worry about it. You know? Yeah. And just to yeah. like it, and to give someone the the price point is so I got. I, I can't remember whether mine's a 600 watt or a 650 watt inverter, so pure sine wave, and I paid about 160 dollars for it. Okay, and then the sign is spelled S I N E. Is that correct? Yep, that's it. Okay, yep, cool. Some people are looking that up online. That's that's some good information for them to know. So, okay, well those those yeah, are the questions I have yeah. on on the setup, and I, that, that's good for me to know this information because it's like I want to. Uh, I want it, like I said, I want to do the, the secondary battery, you know, and, and uh, I think what I'll do is I'll I'll just keep the, that little cheap inverter I got just in case if I need something for a backup, and then I'll, I'll get the pure the pure sine wave in, inverter and, and have that and and uh, go from there. So, um, was there anything else you wanted? Yeah, to and, and, I mean, I, I would. Well, I would just say so. In in, in your situation, Brian, I, I I think it would make sense for you to get. Um, I, I want to say that I saw dual battery kits for your engine type um, that didn't require the purchase of additional of an additional battery. So in other words, this whatever setup that they had, uh-huh. um, I, I want to say that that they they made a deeper tray and okay. you kept your starting battery. And then added a deep cycle battery of some kind. And so you wouldn't have to like rearrange shit in your engine compartment is, is essentially what I'm saying. Gotcha. And I, I think it may, yeah, I think it would make sense for you to get one of those kits and okay. do the install yourself because I, I personally, you know, one of the things that I really like about this lifestyle and, and getting into this shit, like, I, so I, I'm not a tradesman, but I want to learn how. I want to learn how engines work, and I want to learn how wiring works. And mm-hmm. I did learn a lot by doing this myself. And I, I would just encourage you to take the leap of faith that if you if you get the right uh, battery tray kit from mm-hmm. one of these companies that do it, um, you, your out-of-pocket cost, I'm going to guess, is going to be uh, for everything, including the inverter and all the wiring and shit. My guess is your out-of-pocket cost is going to be somewhere on the order of six to $700. Okay. Um, and and anyway, just a little bit yeah. of encouragement and nudge from me to, uh, to to push you in that direction. Cool. I'll, I'll probably call you with questions as I, as I tackle that that project because I – I think it's important. I, I did have one situation where I was really far deep in. Uh, I was up above Brown's Canyon National Monument on this really gnarly four by four trail. That's hard. It's hard to get to this one campsite, and I love going there because I've been there a bunch of different times. And I'll go on the weekends, even on busy holiday weekends, and I've never once seen anybody there. And I rarely ever see residual um, leftover, like you know, a fire pit that has burnt 
burnt wood. I've never seen that stuff. And they're like, I'll go there and I'll be like, heck, this looks the same as the last time I was here. And there's the fire, there's the wood I was using in the fire pit. And I got stuck out there for two days because I was like, I was charging my stuff and I fell asleep in the back of my truck. And I woke up and I'm like, oh crap. And I went over and I turned off the, the battery and then the inverter. But by that time, the battery had drained all the way down. And so I had enough supplies for two days and I thought, you know, somebody will, somebody will probably drive by. So I walked out to the access point where the main kind of 4 by 4 trail goes off. Uh, before the spur goes into this campsite, I didn't see anybody for two days. And so I finally called someone. I'm like, uh, can you come give me a jump? And they're like, yeah. <laughs> so it's all like a, a smell a little bit. Because, you know, you don't want to get stuck like that. I mean, if I had something to do or somewhere to be, and and let's say that I, you know, I drain all, all my devices and I have no way to contact people, I mean, that, then you are kind of on your own and you're stuck, and that, that can be a bad situation. Yeah, and I, I, I think I, I, I pinged you when I just went through a recent situation where my starting battery died. And mm, yep. so I had the first, it was the first time that I had actually, uh, used that function on the isolator that allows me to jump the starting battery from the deep cycle battery. And I was like, holy shit, it works. This is awesome. <laughs> That's cool. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, it, it was, uh, it was great. It was, yeah. uh, it was, it, so it's worth the extra cost that I paid for, for yeah. the, um, for the isolator. I, I wanted to mention something that I saw online, which I found interesting. I need to look into this a little bit more and kind of see if it's actually viable or if it's kind of a cheat that may get you in trouble. But I saw a guy who was truck camping, he's, he's truck camping full time. And instead of doing a dual battery setup, what he did was he actually put a jump box underneath his hood that charges off of a trickle panel to stay Charge and then in, at night he he just pulls off his main battery. He doesn't have that much stuff though. That he, he only charges like his computer and like his cell phone. That's it. But but he pulls off his main battery and then uses the jump box in the morning to start it if his battery gets too low. And I, I thought that was interesting, but I thought also you may get in trouble with that. Like say your jump box doesn't work or whatever to to start your engine. So I'll have to look into that more. But I thought that was kind of an interesting workaround. It's an interesting idea. I I would be concerned. So my, my understanding of, of batteries and different kinds of batteries, your starting battery is not designed to get drained very much. Yeah, I heard that. So e- even though he's got that, that jump box or what have you, the fact that he's draining his starting battery down much more than it was designed for, that's mm-hmm. going to end up – I think that that's going to end up uh, causing his battery to fail earlier um, mm-hmm. than it's than it would be designed for. So anyway, yeah. maybe, maybe he's got a special battery um, that allows that, um, but uh, I, I would be wary of something like that. Yeah, I, I would I would be too. And when I saw that, I, I thought, well, that's interesting, but it's, I wouldn't feel comfortable with doing that, I don't think. Because I, I would never want to get to the point to where, like you said, that battery, your main battery doesn't work, and then you're just dead in the water out there. So... Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But I, 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 I cannot recommend it enough to everybody who's listening. The utility of having power um, when you're, whether you're a weekend warrior or whether you're a full timer like Brian and I, like it, it is absolutely worth pulling the trigger on and spending what you got to spend because. It makes the difference between, you know, running in a town or just chilling and, like, not having to waste my gas. It's just a game changer. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then and then when you have friends camping with you, too, 
Let's say, you know, <laughs> yeah. you got some friends, yeah, like me, that's not prepared. Hey, man, can I, how, many, how many times have I asked, hey, like, sheepishly, can I, can I charge my computer from your <laughs> So, it's uh, like that. Yeah, it's like that. No, it's, uh, it, makes, it, it makes you a camping hero. There's no doubt yeah. about it. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Well, cool. Well, do you, uh, do you have anything else you want to add, or do you want to switch over to kind of how you set your setup for the, you know, the versatility of self-camping and also being able to go in the backcountry and, and how you can easily bounce between the two without being really noticed. Yeah, I think I I think I hit it up. So I mean the the one thing that I I would just just to summarize, I would um I I would err aside of using um a larger gauge and and when I say larger gauge like a, a lower in number wire um and um just make those considerations. The longer the wire, so the thicker the wire, the better, and the shorter the wire, the better. Mm, um, okay. So essentially your electricity has friction or experiences friction just like anything else. And so the longer it's got to travel, um, the more it's going to get reduced. And the thinner the wire that it's got to travel through, the more it's going to get reduced. So that would that would be my my final um piece of wisdom on that i i you know what i've got one other question um that just came to mind do you experience any heat from your inverter i i have not like when it's running uh, does it all right my dogs are going crazy i i i I haven't but it does have a um it's got an internal fan oh it does so yeah, I, I I did a lot of research on, on making sure I got a high quality inverter, and that's one of the things that it's got. So if it does experience heat and it gets hot, it's got a fan that kicks on to cool itself. Okay, cool. I was just thinking, yeah. like in the summertime, you know, if you're camping in a area that's warm already, you just don't want to have any additional heat source in the topper because it can it can just get pretty warm in there and. One thing that's nice about having the inverter, though, is you can always run a fan, and you can run the plug-in fans, which typically have a lot more power than the battery-powered fans. So that's I totally do that. I have a I have a small little Vornado, and I'm freaking oh. I'm blasting that baby on me. It's going up into my yeah, in my other regions, making sure that I'm all cool and whatnot. It's, uh, so did you, did you yeah. see that? Did you see that UFC guy? The 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 guy he's some heavyweight and and Joe Rogan was interviewing him after the fight and he won I think his name's like Derek Lewis or something like that but he was after the fight and they're like they're like Derek tell us your thoughts and he and he took off his pants while he was in the doing the interview and he's like what's up he's like my balls are hot and it's, it's like and like the next day he got like a million more people following him on Instagram or something like that it's hilarious I'll I'll just send you the video clip yeah that that that's pretty much. That's the bane of my existence. My balls are always hot. <laughs> I got to cool those babies off. That's awesome, dude. I'm I'm pretty happy here. I just got uh, I just got some stuff in the mail. This is all my um, you know, this is kind of frustrating. I ordered some stuff that's supposed to be Colorado Backcountry Adventures, and instead it's uh, Weekend Forever Farms. So I'm gonna have to send this back because this isn't the right uh, <laughs> help. You know, custom yeah. these days just isn't what it used to be. <laughs> I, I guess so. Yeah. Well, and uh, yeah, just make sure there's no bombs in um, whatever you got <laughs> exactly. in the mail there. <laughs> no kidding, dude. Well, cool. Well, let's let's uh, let's switch gears and talk about your um, your setup. 
and yeah, how that's how that's all dialed in, and then uh, and then I think we'll be good. Sounds good. Yeah. So um, I I do have a post on my blog, uh, ColemanRoadJournal.com. Again, that's ColemanRoadJournal.com. Um, so I, I do have a pretty detailed post describing how I set up my the the back of my um, uh, back of my truck. Um, so I have an RMX topper, and and it gives me like an extra three or four inches of of headroom. Um, and I've done a few different iterations of building out the back and. What I mentioned earlier in the uh, in the podcast and what you just kind of pointed to, Brian, um, I stealth is one of my um, priorities. Like I, I don't want to do anything that's going to make me stick out and prevent me from just having a low profile. So um, what what I found the best design for me and my goals is to have a platform that lies on top of the wheel hubs, and then I have a drawer underneath that platform. Um, so I've got a nice big space where I can put down my sleeping arrangement, and I can also actually have two people back there, uh, if you know what I mean. A little brown And, um, yeah. So, um, and then I, I'm able to store all my gear in that drawer underneath there. Um, and I, I'm just able to, I'm able to maintain a low profile. It's really easy for me to open up the, the door on the topper. And when I say the door, it's, it's the window, you know, it's like, it's half tailgate, half window, right? Mm-hmm. So I, when I'm getting in there, um, it's really easy for me to open up that window and I just crawl inside and having that platform right there, like it's not like I'm diving into this deep hole. So if that platform weren't there and I was going all the way down to the floor of the bed, um, that's actually, it, it doesn't sound like a big deal, but when you're getting in and out of, of the back of your truck, um, and you're trying to be incognito, that extra nine inches, 10 inches that you've got to ascend or descend, um, that's a big deal as far as like remaining low profile because I have had builds where I've, um, gone all the way down to the floor to give myself more headspace. But the fact of the matter is, is I look like a freaking drunk monkey trying to get in and out of there just because um of that extra um that extra height that i need to deal with um in getting in and out of there um so yeah and i i, I encourage everybody to to look at my post because i i do give a detailed instructions as to how i build the platform um, and then how I build the drawer. And I am not a carpenter. I'm not a tradesman. But I just figured out with random pieces of plywood and uh, hardware from uh, Home Depot how to put this together. And I show everybody how I put it together. Um, and then the the other little thing that I do to, to keep incognito and stealth, I have, I have just like random simple curtains 
that mm-hmm. I've um, I've put over my windows. And when I talk about curtains, what I'm talking about is like scrap cheap uh, fabric from Costco, uh, not Costco, but Walmart that I've stapled um, Velcro to. And mm-hmm. so the Velcro attaches to the carpeted inside of my topper, and I'm just able to cover up the windows so that no one can look by, look, look in there. And really, no one can tell that I'm in there. And I have pictures um, on my post of what it looks like when I'm in Wrigleyville, you know, that podcast people may have heard <laughs> earlier, where so I was, cool. I was, uh, bo- I was boondocking in, in Wrigleyville during the uh, 2016 World Series when the, uh, the Cubs took the big show. And you would never have known that I was in there. And um, I... You know, you and I, Brian, we, we talk about how awesome this lifestyle is in general because it pushes us further and further into having less shit. And mm-hmm. I, I've really been able to build out the back of my truck, and it, it forces me to really prioritize the shit that I'm carrying. And I love the fact that I can really boil it down to bare bones. Um, and minimize the shit that I'm carrying, but I'm still carrying like my skis and, you know, a a nice canopy and what have you, um, Mm -hmm. all the while being comfortable back there and, uh, chilling incognito. That's nice. Well, and you know, I I mean, well, to to have that flexibility to, to be able to, to set up and and be incognito and, and jump in and like, you're, you're pretty much, you're pretty much already set up and you just, Drop your tailgate, get inside, gate, and you're good. And then when you're in there, you put your curtains up and you have your privacy and people can't see in. And then uh, you crash out and you wake up in the morning and hop out and, and get in your truck and drive drive away. And that's that's really nice. For for people that, that live the way we do, you know, it gets to the point. I've had a lot of people ask me, how come you don't have a rooftop uh, tent? How come, you don't have, how come you don't have a pop-up camper? How come you don't have this, that? Like the setup time, you know, I don't want to have to set up and break down every single day. And I, I do have a little bit with my current setup, but with your setup, it's great to where you can roll up to wherever you're at, and within minutes you can be in the back of your truck and you're 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 good to go. Like you don't have to have like a 15 or 20 minute process to organize things to be able to get in the back of your truck. And that's key for any sort of stealth camping or you know, like when you went to the World Series and you were. Um, in, in Wrigleyville, like probably the busiest time ever in Wrigleyville, and you're just parked on the street in front of that badass condo building, and <laughs> yeah, you're camping inside. And it, it's not, and it's not within minutes. I mean, it's literally I can I can get in the back of my like I'm sitting in my truck in the cab, and I could be in my topper within 15 seconds. Wow. Like, and I'm. I'm good. I, I don't need to do anything. Like, I just, I, and I'm not even opening up the tailgate. I'm just opening up the window, crawling mm-hmm. in, and closing it. And I'm, I'm good to go. I, 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 it's, it's awesome. And it might sound a little gross, but, like, if we're talking about, like, little tricks of the trade, like, I even have a Gatorade bottle back there, you know, that's ready and waiting for me to relieve myself so I don't even yeah. need to get out <laughs> in the middle of the night to take care of business. I do the same thing. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, I, and I know, I think that there are little gizmos for, for women to allow mm-hmm. them to do that kind of thing where they, uh, yeah, they, they yeah. just do a little search on that. Like, yeah, and it's I'll, funny. I'll, I'll, I'll leave it there. 
Yeah, when I get back in a house, I'm like, I have to walk all the way to the bathroom. Why can't I just have, like, a bottle next to my bed? And I think, like, wait a minute, I can't do that in, in a house. People think I'm really strange. I mean, I already walk around the house at night with my headlamp on. I don't turn on I don't turn on the lamps inside the house, so people probably think I'm a burglar in my folks' place at night, you know, walking around the basement with my headlamp on. <laughs> so, Dude, that, that, both of those points are fucking hilarious because I, I feel the same way. I'm like, I'm like, I have to walk all the way down the hall to, like, piss? Like, why don't I yeah. Keep a little bottle, and I, yeah, I, I, <laughs> and then yeah. the headlamp thing. I, I don't, I don't have my headlamp, but usually I'll, I'll just take my phone and uh, and use that my flashlight, you know, to go down the, the hallway or whatever. But yeah, I, I don't, I don't want to turn on all the lights. Like I don't want to. Uh, that's hilarious. That's, yeah, that's really, really funny. But I, I mean, I, I love my setup. I love my setup because I, I like I said, I, I, I do a lot of rest stops camping like if i'm doing long hauls between the east coast and the mountain west or like i i just sometimes i have it in my mindset like i don't want to fuck around and go 15 miles off the main thoroughfare to go find a better campsite and and what have you and rest stops like people just don't like i might as well be sleeping in the cab of my truck as far as other people are concerned but the reality is i'm back there in in my topper and um usually i'm you know i'll watch a few movies before before heading down and like i'm secure like no one yeah. knows that i'm back there and uh it's great i love it yeah that's that's key to have that flexibility and it, it's so nice for travel because that way you can just pull off at a at a rest stop or um wherever that's convenient and just hop yep. out back and you're good yep. to go whereas i i look for like when I'm traveling on I-70 through Kansas, if I'm coming from Colorado to visit my visit my folks or go see friends in Kansas, I usually go along I-70 because that's the easiest and quickest route. But along I-70, if you want to get a hotel room, it's expensive. And so even for like a three-star hotel, you're looking at probably like 100 bucks a night because they capitalize on the fact that it's a, a tourism-heavy, you know, interstate like every interstate is. So I look for like I get on freecampsites.net and I get off at all those great. Uh, state fishing lakes that are all throughout Kansas, but you know I'll trip. I'll mm-hmm. have to drive like 20 minutes off the freeway, and it'd be nice to be able just to pull over at one of the really nice rest stops that are in Kansas, and just hang there and then get up in the morning and jam. And so to have that flexibility yep. is so key. And you know, hindsight of course is 2020. Had I known I was going to be living like this, I would have gone with a long bed. But uh, you know, I'm still not. I'm not I'm like I'm upset with my truck at all. Hell, I love that thing. But but your your build out is is nice because you, you took it. I'm I'm like I've got, I've got like a truck camping setup that's great for overlanding and being in the backcountry, but I I can't do the city stuff. And the fact that you can, and then plus you have the onboard power, I mean that's that's a game changer. Yeah, yeah, and I um I, I do I, I outline a couple different builds that I've done on that post um, at Corn. yeah roadjournal dot com and uh, yeah, so people can check it out and they can ask me questions about how I did. Um, did did different things, but um, yeah, and, yeah. and I would really recommend people go check that out because that you 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 did, you put a lot of effort into that post, and um, you know why don't why don't we post this? I definitely want to make sure we post this in the, in the pickup truck camping group because I think people have questions. Number one about the you know the the um, onboard onboard power that's that's a huge uh, feature that a lot of people want to put in their builds, but then also the stealth camping is key because. There's some people that are working while they're truck camping across the country, and they 
feel like, you know, you don't want to drive out of the city every night to go find a free campsite somewhere and then drive to drive back. That's expensive and it takes up a lot of time. So I think, uh, I think a lot of people can benefit from that. Yeah, right on. Yeah, and anybody can, I, I, I welcome friend requests and all that shit. Um, yeah. On, on Facebook for, for Coleman Road Journal. Um, I'm, I'm set up to be nice to everybody. <laughs> as, long, as, as long as you're nice, as long as you're nice to me. I yeah, can, definitely. I can, I, can, I, can, I can go to battle. Uh, yeah, oh yeah, I, I can go you. to battle. <laughs> definitely. Well, cool, man. Uh, is there anything else you want to touch on, or do you think we've uh, covered everything? And then I, what I want to do is direct people to your website to check out the build in more detail, because like I said, you did an excellent job being super thorough with that. And the pictures Thanks. on there are, are great to go along with the description that you did. Because I think it's, I think it's kind of hard to explain. Like when I did, when I did my build podcast with Baron, I, I felt like I I couldn't really communicate over, over a podcast just in, in spoken, you know, long word forum uh, about, like, what my setup was like without including, like, pictures. It's like trying to explain a haircut over the phone. You know, it's like it's really hard to do. <laughs> and, and so you have to yeah. see it. And, and I think, like, if people went to your website and looked at that under your – now, which section is it at? Is it under – Backcountry or it's under, it, yeah, it's under Backcountry. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So, yeah, for everybody who's listening, there. And, so, and we can actually what what I can do is in, in the show notes we can I'll, we can provide the link to the specific post. Perfect. Um, we'll put that first. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, then and then I, 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 I know I keep on saying this. I'm actually just about finished with my battery write up as well. So. Um, we'll figure out a way to also get that, in it. and I did it in the same kind of fashion, where okay. I'm providing detailed pictures and descriptions as to what I did. Um, okay. So anyway, we'll, we'll we'll do everything we can to get good information to um, everybody out there that's interested in doing this shit. Yeah, and you know, in the future, like like say you got it ready by the time we do the next podcast, we'll just make an announcement and say, okay, now this is up as well for the people that are looking for the battery information because that that way it can give you like a little bit of time to make sure you have everything dialed in sounds great yeah and just a a general shout out to everybody out there listening um hit us up with topics that you want us to cover um i I know we still have um health insurance and um and auto insurance uh, yeah uh, yeah topics um but uh yeah just you know hit, hit hit us with topics hit us with people that might be fun to to talk to. Um, if you are interested in in talking to to Brian Craig, Brian and Craig, um, and you got crazy shit to to share, um, it, it's uh, I think it's open game, you know, to yeah. to, to talk about whatever uh, you know, whatever crazy shit you're doing on the road. Yeah, definitely. We'd love to hear from everybody. And this lifestyle is so much fun because I've I've met so many people that. I wouldn't have come wouldn't have come into contact with had I not be living in my truck full time and it's it's fun. I mean I mean I've met people that are in vans, I've met people that are in RVs, I've met people that are in trucks, I've met people that are in cars. You know, I, I know a guy that does it in a um a Prius and I'm just like, dude, that's tight. Nice. I, I, I like yeah. a tight living space, you know, and, and then and then some other people too, like there was a guy hit, who hit me up and he's just getting ready to go out um in his um I think he's got like an old forerunner and he built out the back of it and, and the pictures that he has, I'm like, dude, that's solid. I mean, he hasn't, he hasn't gone out full time yet, but I was like, that's, 
that's something that somebody full-time would build because he thought about a bunch of different things. He must have done a ton of research. So it's cool, like, you know, come into contact with those people because they have interesting stories to tell. But it's like we all kind of have the same theme. It's like, uh, or the same same uh, perspective changes. Like, man, this is, this has totally changed my life in a way that I didn't anticipate with just just the way you're living like this and, and the new perspectives that you gain from it. So, yeah, I'd, I'd love to talk to more people about it. Cool, man. Well, um, yeah, good, good, good chat, good talk. Yeah, and yeah, uh, I'll, uh, and uh, we'll 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 do it again soon. And and make sure you audience, uh, make sure you hit us up with uh, any CBD questions that you've got. Yeah, um, yeah, definitely. We'll uh, we'll catch you on the road next time. Cool, man. All right, dude. I'll talk to you later. You, you have a good afternoon, and I'll uh, I'll give you both tomorrow. I'll see what's up. Thanks. Well, go go Kansas City Chiefs, huh? That's right, dude. <laughs> We're going to beat those Broncos <laughs> again. <laughs> All right, man. Good afternoon. We'll, 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 yeah, thank you. Bye. All right, dude.